Welcome to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing of the United States Air Force. I'm Chaplain Jim Bridgem. And I'm Dr. Jerry Walker. On each episode of The Pillars, we find a brief resilience topic so you can practically fix any potential roadblocks you encounter and finish a better wingman, airman, and leader. So let's dive in. What's today's topic? Well, today's topic is critical wingmanship. And it's not just your, your average uh, wingmanship. We're, we're talking about not just what it means to be a good wingman, but how to be a good wingman in those critical moments, those life-defining, those life-changing moments. And to help us talk about this, we've actually got Sergeant Booker back from the first IS down at Shaw. Hey. Uh, welcome, Sergeant Booker. Welcome hey. back. Hey, thanks for having me back. It's good to be back and uh, back in the seat again. Let's, I'm ready to roll. Let's rock. Well, we had such a good time the first time, and we figured this – You've got to have some great stories. And what we're looking at here is what happens when something happens and we need to do take action, some kind of event, a critical event, a stressful event, whatever you want to say. And we all experience these. So we wanted to see if you had any examples. Oh, of course. I, I Like I said, I have a Rolodex of example stories, but I'll talk about one that was very close and dear to me. Um, my first base, off at Air Force Base, Nebraska, great base. I would love to go back there at any time. But um, shout out to the twentieth IS. <laughs> so we were in uh, in the dorms, and at that time I was security forces, and I stayed in the in the security forces dorms, and we were right across from the club. So there was always noise and and things of that nature. Guys coming in from mid shift, day shift, and swing shift. So one night. You know, the alarm, the fire alarm always goes off in the building because the building was kind of old. And when the guys were cooking, they were always setting it off, off the fire alarm with the microwave burning something or that nature. So over a period of time, everybody, you know, stopped getting up when the fire alarm went off and we ignored it. Just became accustomed to it. Yes. And it was just a norm. You know, the fire alarm would go off and you just lay in bed and say, OK, well, 15, 20 minutes, it will go off. And, you know, OK. Nothing's happening. So a few weeks later, you know, same things going on, you know, continuous. And uh, one night it was it was storming real bad, raining, and it was just like the perfect setup for a disaster, you know, just mm-hmm. a nice stormy lightning, thunder, just boom, and the fire alarm goes off. And I can hear some guys from, like, mid-shift. They had just got off, and they were playing around in the hallways. Naturally, I was on day shift, so I poked my head out. Hey, would you guys quit screwing around? I'm trying to get some sleep, you know typical security forces dorm or <laughs> ce dorm like you know maintainer dorm just a wild party so i'm laying in the bed next thing you know the fire alarm goes off and it's going off for probably about 20 30 minutes and i'm like man these guys are up screwing around again you know i'm tired of it you know so i laid in the bed for another 20 minutes and the <laughs> alarm is still going off i said okay andre get up so i get up and i'm mad you know i'm because I have to get up in less than an hour. I have to be at guard mount at uh, at 4.30 in the morning. So I get up, open the door, look down the hall, and lo and behold, what do I see? Fire, smoke. <laughs> and I stayed on the first floor, so I'm like, oh, crap. Like, there really is a fire. And the fire alarm's been going off for about an hour now. Hmm. So I jump up, run back into my room. I ha- hate to tell you guys, but I was in my boxers. <laughs> <laughs> so I throw on some shorts. You know, throwing a shirt, knock on my sweet mate's door like, hey, dude, there's a fire. He's in, totally knocked out and in a coma. And so I just run out my room, run to and just start banging on doors. So I was the closest to the emergency exit. So I run outside hmm. and I run to the front of the building. Now, granted, it's raining cats and dogs. 
and I'm I'm out in the front of the building. By that time, the fire department, I can hear them coming. I can hear security forces responding. And I look up, and I see guys, you know, banging on their window on the third floor, looking helpless and hopeless. It was like it was out of a movie. And uh, they're banging. So one guy took a chair, busted his window out, and he just flat out just jumped out. And so wow. it was like a team effort with going back in the dorm and banging on doors and trying to get these guys out. And the smoke was very thick and intense. And, um, I mean, the whole dorm was a security forces dorm. So, naturally, all these airmen, we just reacted to, you know, what we were trained to do, go in and help people until, you know, the fire department got there. And um, there was a few guys that wasn't, paying attention to the signs you don't run to the fire you run away from the fire and a few guys got burnt trying to get out of the the dorm but nobody passed away nobody nobody died but you know just the amount of wingmanship and the guys you know teaming up together to save you know everybody in the dorm so nobody was hurt um everything was lost in the dorm um the, the next day you know we they transported us to the base gym, and, you know, we sat in the base gym in wet clothes and just waiting on finance to get there, trying to figure out what to do next. But when I say the whole dorm was a total loss, we lost all our belongings. The only thing that I had left was a fireproof safe that my mom and dad told me, purchase this and keep all your protected documents in here, all your important wow. papers in here. So that's the wow. only thing that I had <laughs> left. So, you know, after we got some, some dry clothes and everything and wing commander, command chief, and all those folks showed up, our squadron commander, chief, you know, finance was there. And first thing they were, we got to get you guys some type of assistance, you know, to replace your belongings. So initially off the top, we're going to give everybody in the dorm $3,000 until you can file your voucher based off your itemized list. Wow. And just the amount of support, the, the clothes that were donated to us, the the uniforms, just personal belongings, like the simplicities of life, toothbrush, toothpaste, mm-hmm. you know, things of that. But going from having the luxuries of the world to not having anything, I mean, that was, it was, it was, it was, it was a very trying time and very scary time because being a 19-year-old airman, you don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I mean, that's something that just sticks with me, you know. So, the moral of my story is, pay attention to the signs like anytime there's a fire alarm or lightning within five or tornado warning or anything that could cause mass chaos or could hurt people i always pay attention and i follow the directions and the rules i.e flash flood zones don't go through this area slow down crossing bridges it might be ice on the bridge i really pay special attention to those things because somebody's giving us a warning sign that Mm -hmm. hey it's a possibility that something is going to happen or something has happening or is happening. Yeah. That, that's a great story, and, and I love the moral of it, to, to pay attention to the signs. Um, now, not, not all cases there will be signs, but a lot of times there are, but they're unfortunately subtle. You know, a lot of people don't come straight out and say, hey, I'm struggling, hey, I need help. They're more subtle about it, or it's couched behind a message that's in, in phrased differently. You're like, oh, well, you know, just having some troubles at home, or uh, I'm just not feeling good today, or I haven't been sleeping a lot lately, those types of things. Um, but what I think is interesting about your story, too, is, is that you're talking about how you guys had grown so accustomed to the fire alarms that you just started to 
ignore them. Yes. It was just like, you know, oh, well, it's the same old. And I can see that happening when, um, you know, we've got, got folks in our, you know, some of our units or in our, um, you know, small shops where they're always complaining about something. Or it's like they have always got something going on. At some point, we can just tune them out and, and be like, oh, well, that's just, you know. Sergeant, Sergeant Airman so-and-so, they're, they're always complaining or they're always got something going on. Um, but that's going to make us ignore those types of messages. And yeah, when, when something yeah. is really going on, you know, significant with that person, um, maybe people don't take action to help them. And that's where I think we, we get a lot of people, um, you know, dropping off or having to take a knee. It's because they're, they're trying to give out these warning signs. But it's just like the boy who cried wolf. You know, people have grown uh, so accustomed to them, they just start to ignore them. Yes. It, and it's either accustomed or you rationalize it. An, an example recently that happened to me is I was running and I broke my ankle, pulling all the ligaments in my foot as well. Well, why is this relevant to our discussion well i'm running i'm two and a half miles into a trail run i'm a distance runner no big deal mm -hmm. well it hurt i mean it hurt pretty bad and a gentleman walks up on the trail and says well i'm a doctor let me look at it he hit it once on the bottom and said does that hurt i said no well it's probably not broken you're good so i walk out the two and a half that, miles that's the only thing that, that could have been wrong with yeah. it right <laughs> and, and i said well a doctor told me and so it's hurting i'm getting those warning signs you talked mm -hmm. about it's hurting like a champ but i'm thinking it's a sprain i'll run it off this is a bad idea with a broken ankle, <laughs> just for those listening. So I try to get back, and I come back. It's a Sunday. I have to preach two worship services. So I preach mm. in the Bethel Chapel, then the Langley Chapel. Standing up the whole time. Standing up the yeah. whole time. Oh, wow. So then it's now 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm like, man, this is really hurting for a sprain. Like, this is really odd. So I've got it iced, and it's just the size of a football. I mean, this thing is ridiculous. And we go to the ER, and finally the wonderful people at the Langley Hospital say, oh, you broke it really well. Uh, you exceeded expectations. <laughs> But the thing is, what did I do? Well, I had warning signs. I had swelling and pain. But mm -hmm. what was I doing? I listened to some person I don't know who had inaccurate information walking along the trail that just went on. I don't know what type of doctor he was. I mean, it could have been a chiropractor, probably not a podiatrist, right? So whatever this person was, they, they tapped it. And I didn't have all the info. Here in this room, we have a first sergeant, we have a clinical psychologist, we have a chaplain. We have some data to help you. You got to make sure who you're listening to to determine mm -hmm. what those warning signs are. In my case, I needed an x-ray that would say, this is what the damage you've done. For us, it's sometimes you need a professional. But what we want to talk about here is oftentimes you don't. Sometimes you can solve many problems on your own. Um, from a spiritual perspective, before we get to the, the psychological principles, a lot of this comes from mindfulness. Now, what mindfulness is, although it originates in the East, is just being really present in the moment. I get excited. I like coffee. I can get excitable. But the thing is, I have to focus and be here now on this podcast or with the airman I'm with. If a person comes to you and they're that complainer we just talked about, try to just really listen to them. Just give full attention. How's that done practically? Well, focus as much as you can on the message and ignore any other stray thoughts coming in. Just give them your full attention. And I'll oftentimes take a deep breath and listen and try to repeat back actively what they're saying, but just keep listening to them and listen to the message behind it. The other thing I'll do is oftentimes in my head think, this person, I wish them the best. I wish them the best. So as I'm listening to them, even if it's making me uncomfortable with the negativity or something, I'm saying, I want them to have a full life. I wish mm -hmm. them the best. And that works really well. 
Um, now, what kind of other tactics can we do from either your perspective or our shirt's perspective? Sure. Well, from a psychological perspective, um, something I've heard up come with both of you guys, Sarah Booker and, and Chapman Bridgham, um, is this idea of personal responsibility. And uh, I think it's really critical uh, as a bystander to, to know when it's your personal responsibility to intervene. And unfortunately, uh, a lot of times we'll push this off, even if we have awareness of a problem, because of something called the diffusion of responsibility. Anybody who's taken a Psych 101 course, you may remember the story of Kitty Genovese in, in New York. Um, basically, it's a situation where uh, this woman, Kitty, was walking home from her, her job as a bartender late one night and cutting through a back alley, and she was mugged and stabbed and beaten and left for dead. And unfortunately, a large number of people actually witnessed this happening, but because of the way the buildings were oriented, they could all see each other. So they're watching uh, Kitty be attacked. They saw that there are multiple other people who also w were witnessing this as, as well. And every single one of those people, when interviewed later, said, oh, well, I just assumed somebody else had called the police. And Kitty sat there for hours and bled to death, eventually died. And this has been a landmark case for psychologists. Um, Parts of it have been layered, uh, debunked, but uh, speaks to the diffusion of responsibility. That responsibility that might have fallen on a singular individual who saw that and knew that they were the only person who could intervene had actually been diffused across many other people to where no one person actually uh, pulled the trigger, please excuse the, the euphemism, yeah. to actually help that person. And this is a dangerous trap that we can fall in in our units. You know, if we think, well, yeah, I know this person's uh, got some issues, but they, hey, they, everybody's aware of it. You know, I, I don't necessarily have to intervene. You're wrong, because I guarantee a lot of other people are probably thinking the same thing along those lines, and that person's still not getting the the assistance that they need. So take that responsibility, own that responsibility to your airmen to to reach out and to try to make a difference. And it all takes it. It's you know as simple as demonstrating genuine care and concern, um, giving them a sense of hope that you know things may suck now, but they're not going to suck forever. That there's a a way to help things get better, and try to reinvig reinvigorate the passion that they have um, for life, for uh, their connection with you and with other people, uh, with friends and family, for things that they enjoy doing. Uh, get them out of that funk because you know when we're struggling and we're having a hard time. Those strong emotions compromise our judgment, and they make us think uh, the wrong way about things. And so all it takes is, is restilling uh, or reinvigorating that person, getting them to, to focus on those positive things, um, those shared relationships, the things that they enjoy, the people they love to be around, to help break them out of that uh, mindset. But it takes somebody to actually have the, the courage and the willingness to intervene. So, Sergeant Booker, let's say you're walking around your unit and an airman comes to you and they say, look, I, I know that there's an event in my life that I need to respond to, but I don't know how. It could be major like the fire or minor, someone, you know, that negativity that's persistent mm -hmm. and it's been diffused. You think someone else is dealing with it. What, what tips, tactics would you recommend to an airman to deal with issues like this? Well, the first thing is where your focus goes, your energy flows. So we need mm -hmm. to tackle that particular task, because guess what? That's the number one thing that's going on in your life. So right then and there, you have my undivided attention, and I want you to have that issue to have your undivided attention. And collectively, as a team, we're going back to my office, and we're going to sit down and talk about this. Guess what? Granted, I might be trying to eat lunch, leave early for the day, but guess what? You have my undivided attention until we come up with 
some type of plan to fix this. And a lot of times the individual talks it out themselves. I'm just sitting there listening mm-hmm. and I'm just looking at them and I can hear the emails popping in. My phone's ringing and my stomach's growling. <laughs> but guess what? I can care less. I'm, I'm going to let you talk the situation out. And most of the time the individual fixes it, fixes the issue their self. And I'm just, okay. And after they're done, I'm like, okay, well, I just reinstate, re regurgitate what they already told me. And I'm like, okay, so you said you're going to go over to finance and, you know, see what the issue is with your pay because you're missing two to three months of pay. And guess what? I'll say, okay, if you need additional help, come see me, you know, and, and I'll go over to finance also. Or we can go over there together tomorrow because I have some paperwork I need to drop off. So guess what? We can make a field trip out of it. And then it's a short little walk to finance. So that's another opportunity for us to continue to talk and learn each other and you know me to pick up on their nonverbals and just where their psyche is and try to mm-hmm. figure out okay is it are there additional things okay if you're having financial issues you know what are you doing you know with your money off duty you know are you do you have a, a plan in place or are you struggling at home and just being sometimes outside of the work environment helps you know to get you know more information and a lot of times it's just a misunderstanding or a mismanagement that one t- isolated incident and I'll say hey there's the AFRC right over there across the street you know what we should walk over there after we leave finance after we figure out the pay thing and, and you it, I, I love this because you don't send them over there just be like hey why don't you go check this out totally bye see you later done. you're like hey well, let's go over there together I'm sharing in this responsibility with you totally voluntary and and you know I'll say well hey let's stop over there you know and sometimes I'm lying to them because I really want them to go in there and talk to the, the financial counselor, but mm-hmm. I'll go over there and say, hey, I need to stop over here and see IA Miss Williams or Mr. Jones. And we'll go in there and I'll say, hey, you know, Mr. Williams and Mr. Jones, you know, how you doing? Hey, this is Airman such and such. And, I'll, you know, just introducing people that are around me, you know, it's kind of because it's rude not to introduce somebody that's with you. And I'll say, yeah, we, like, where are you coming from? Oh, we just coming from finance. We were just trying to take care of some budget stuff. And then I'll throw the sales pitch. You know, she's a very good you know, budgeter and, and things of that nature. I sat down with her before. You know, maybe you can sit down with her and, and talk to her about budgeting because she has me on a, a a retirement plan that, you know, when I retire in two years, I don't ever have to work again. You know, you, you might want to talk to her about this, especially with the new blended retirement mm-hmm. system and things of that nature and, you know, all these, the opportunity to take the redux and, you know, a lump sum of pay. And, you know, most of the time I say, well, we got time. Go ahead, sit down with her. And, you know, I'll kind of give him or her, the, whichever financial counselor is there, a little head nod or a wink to, <laughs> to cue them off. Like, hey, I need you on this one. And mm-hmm. like I said, they stop what they're, they're doing. And guess what the, the priority is? The focus is on the that airman. particular air, airman or NCO it, it's, or CGO or FGO. Mm-hmm. I've had those all all of those scenarios with, you know, military members at the end of the day we're all airmen so it's a matter it's a point of getting everybody the resources they need to to help them with their issue and i think that's a key thing is you're listening to them and then you're helping them ultimately access someone who can help that specific problem and what is i don't know i think it's great because we don't have to be a financial counselor for every person 
right? Mm -hmm. But we can help them listen to their problems and then move them on. That listening piece is so key too. What you said at the beginning as far as they solve their own problems, I call it the lamppost theory. Sometimes people come in and I function as a lamppost or a light post. <laughs> I do nothing but stand there and just, you know, I have a light on, I guess. But uh, that's you not spiritual. You help you shine, shine the light. The light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to get overly spiritual there <laughs> or claim too much. But the bottom line is, that what does a lamppost do? It, it just functions in one thing. It doesn't respond, but they talk, they find their own solutions and go. And that really minimizes what we do sometimes. But it's true. We just sometimes someone just needs to vent. Yeah, sometimes that's all people need. Um, yeah, you know, I, I love what you're emphasizing, Sergeant Booker, about um, truly uh, listening to somebody and being there in the moment, uh, not letting anything else distract you. As it reminds me of a, a, a high-ranking officer I met um, a couple years ago while, while I was deployed, uh, who was going around and, and speaking to different units about. Um, you know, his experiences and, and you know, similar uh, circumstances, what we've been talking about. You know, basically, when he was a young LT, um, he was really struggling. He was depressed, um, but he didn't feel comfortable talking to anybody because he was a flyer, didn't want to get niffed. And mm-hmm. finally, one day, his uh, squadron commander actually you know, approached him and said, Hey, you know, how are you doing? And um, he just broke down. So the squadron commander brought him into his office. He said... Um, he unplugged his his phone from the wall, turned off his phone, shut down his computer and everything, and said, "You've got my undivided attention. However long you want to talk, let's 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 do this." He said, it, "You know, several hours later, a bunch of tears. Um, he, you know, he got the help that he needed, and and he's a, uh, a much stronger person today because of it. Um, but that's all it took, and that was just a few moments of uh, you know a few hours of time out of that uh, commander's day." But it's had such a huge benefit on that on, on this officer's life. I mean, he is one of the most resilient people I've ever met. He you know talks to, to airmen all over the Air Force now about um, you know his experiences and how to, to grow as a person and how you know many weakness is, is actually a strength. And um, it's just amazing to me how much impact we can have on our fellow uh, airmen just by listening and just by being that person that they can go to. It's such a small thing too. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about it, just giving undivided attention. Do you have anything to add, sir? Well, you know, with that, no way possible are we all the subject matter experts on everything. It's just Agreed. a matter of, like me, I pride myself on getting out, talking to people, and learning, okay, you work where? You're the chaplain assistant over here. Okay, you're medical, you're finance. And guess what? I reach back and I ask those people for help when these things, these issues arise. So, as soon as that airman or that, that NCO or whoever is in my office is telling me what their issue is and they're telling me the story, and like you said, I'm being the light the light pole, um, I'm sitting there saying, going through my Rolodex in my head and saying, okay, I need to call Sergeant Johnson because, he, you know what, he's over at finance. I need to call Sergeant, Sergeant England. She's over at, 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 at dental. And I know at least I can get them in the right vicinity you know if you can get them in the right vicinity it's a matter of just hey asking the question like who do we talk to for you know you know garnishment of wages you know there's a particular section in finance to to you know understand you know who who to talk to the subject matter expert and after i hand them over to that subject matter expert i'm like okay you you guys have it but guess what i'm going to follow up to make sure that 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 customer, you know, received the, the services that they needed or their questions were answered. And then I'm going to come back later on and I'm going to ask you some questions because 
to that subject matter expert because I want to get smart on it. So the next mm-hmm. time that that situation arises, I'm like, okay, I have this in my in my toolkit. Guess what? I'm pulling it out because I already know the answer. And honestly, that's such a th- great thing to close with, I think, because here's the here's the issue, and we'll have a wrap piece in a minute. But it, if you don't know how to solve a problem and you want advice, so let's say you're an NCO, you're a senior airman, you have an airman first class that you don't know how to solve a problem, come to one of our offices in a hypothetical situation. Say, mm-hmm. how would you respond, especially if it's minor? We're not talking the big issues. We're saying this person has a, a girlfriend problem, boyfriend problem, whatever it is, and you'd like to know how to help. We can give you some advice on how to respond. We will mentor you. And mm-hmm. honestly, it's nice because we, we're creating people who can go out and do some uh, more work on almost on our behalf and, and to triage. Yeah. So, And I have NCOs come to me all the time with those types of hypothetical questions. I had one just earlier this week um, where it was, uh, you know, hey, I've, my airman's going through this, this, and this. What can I do or what should I do? Um, or, hey, not you know, not me, but hypothetically, if an airman had this type of situation, <laughs> how would you advise them? That's great. I love it. So, uh, you know, feel free to, to reach out to us because, you know, we may not be the person to intervene in that situation, but maybe we can help guide you. Well, to, to wrap up today, I think we got a lot of great points, but if we had to condense it into just a few things, I'd say the, the big takeaways are know the warning signs, all right? Be looking out for them. Take personal responsibility, you know, that responsibility to act, and know where to take your folks. Um, you know, if you're not the, the right person for the job um, or if they're, they're maxing out your capabilities, know where else you can go uh, to get that help you need. And that's how you really be a, a good critical uh, wingman really help out our folks well we want to thank everyone for listening today thanks Sergeant Booker for coming up again this is awesome thanks for having me back so we will um, we just want to say thank you for everything you do honestly you have very difficult jobs you have a lot of things coming at you you have to manage a lot of change a lot of issues just day to day and manage a full time career so we just wanted to thank you for that and we want to let you know we're always here for you you can reach out to us you can reach out to your shirt And if you have any questions, you can reach to us on the global address list, email us, Facebook us, whatever you need to do. But with that, we hope you review our podcast, and we'll see you later. Bye.